From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, I welcome Editor-in-Chief of Decrypt, Dan Roberts, to talk about Decrypt's $10 million raise. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, May 6, 2022. I'm recording this at 10.20 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I am about to drive to Washington, D.C., not because I'm going there to see my future office, but I am going to go over there for a wedding. So I'll be back on Sunday. Don't worry. We're going to have a Decrypt Daily on Monday. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the market is super, super bloody. All markets are bloody. So it's, it, don't feel bad. It's not just a crypto market. There's not an attack on crypto. All markets are bleeding heavily. Bitcoin is sitting at $36,012, down 7.3% in 24, or 8% in 7. Ethereum's at $2,686, down 6.5% in 24. Tether's number 3. Binance Coin is at 377, down 5%. And USDC is number 5. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Solana, Terra Luna, Cardano, and Terra USD. Total market cap, we're at $1.64 trillion of BTC dominance of 41.6 and an F dominance of 19.6. And like I said in the intro, today we're talking to Dan Roberts, editor-in-chief of Decrypt, and we're talking about the $10 million raise in moving Decrypt independently. Enjoy. Editor-in-chief Dan Roberts, how you doing, sir? Good to see you. GM, good to see you. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys had some big news. We had some big news. Look, it's, I guess it's a team effort, but you guys behind the scenes have been hustling, you know, bobbing and weaving, sticking and moving, ducking and diving. And now you guys raised $10 million and we're going independent. News to me, news to just a lot of people. But tell us, how did this even come about? Yes, let's get into that. But very quickly first, Matthew, before we talk crypto and decrypts news, congratulations to you, sir, on winning your <laughs> primary. I had to say it. Thank Come you, sir. I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It's going to be a lot of hard work going down the road, but uh, I'm going to try my best to balance uh, daily crypto news and running for Congress, and hopefully love I it. make you and the listeners proud. We're in the presence of the candidate. I love it. Um, well, let's talk about Decrypt's news. Yes. So, you know, we, since the beginning of the site, since 2018, have been funded by Consensus Mesh. And everyone knows Consensus and Joe Lubin, who is the Ethereum co-founder. Consensus is best known probably for MetaMask and Infura, but it's an incubator. We Decrypt were the only ever uh, media brand in their portfolio. So they incubated us, fully funded us, and wholly owned us until now. Now we've spun out. We did it by raising $10 million in funding from 22 different investors, including Consensus. But now there's no majority owner. There was also no lead investor in the round. Everyone, when they see a a fundraising round, they always say, well, who led the round? No one led the round because the format was a SAFE, S-A-F-E, which is uh, an acronym known in in crypto fundraising, not to be confused with a SAFT. 
but 22 different investors. And what I think is so cool about this is the nature of the investors. There were, yes, some traditional VC firms. There were Web3 funds. There were DAOs. And there were crypto angel investors and 22 of them. And I think in a way that that shows our true colors where we're not just covering this industry. We also are an example of it. We use the tech. We're a Web3 organization. And now we're independent and not beholden to any one corporate owner, which is very cool. And so what does that make? How does that make journalism going forward even better if you're not wholly owned by a certain organization? Because, look, you always had this uh, air gap, I will, you know, with this consensus. They weren't controlling the media. They weren't saying do this or do that. Joe was not giving people phone calls saying, like, are you better make sure you're covering all of consensus news. It was you guys were just editorials. You guys were independent journalists. So what is the difference? Well, and you're right. Let me make sure I say for the record that consensus was very good to us. You know, they never interfered with editorial. Um, I would occasionally interview Joe Lubin at conferences, but it wasn't like, you know, well, this is our guy. I mean, it was definitely at arm's length and they never sort of said anything about our stories or tried to bother us in that way. So they were good to us. But A, you know, every tech company that is incubated, the goal is always to spin out. And B, you know, this way, it just makes clear that we're not part of one existing shop. I mean, consensus has a lot of influence in the crypto industry. I won't cast any specific aspersions on any other of our competitors because everyone needs to be funded by someone. But some of the other crypto news sites are, like we were, wholly owned by one big investor, one big famous crypto person. And now we're not. And I think that even though I never really heard boo from anyone in the last year since I joined about, oh, you know, you're owned by consensus or you're just an Ethereum site, not at all. Well, now no one could say that even if they wanted to, because it just isn't true. So, you know, it's also freeing in the sense that when we cover consensus news, which we always did, no more disclaimer needed about, you know, uh, decrypt is owned by consensus, but we're editorially independent. Uh, I just think this is great for a number of reasons. And I also think it sort of brings us closer to the companies we cover in the sense that we're like them. You know, when we write news about, I don't know, Zora, the NFT site, or any other hot startup, OpenSea, you know, whatever, all these different things and protocols, Avalanche, they all have a list of different investors that are backing them. And now we do too. And I think that that's kind of better than we're owned by one thing completely. I think maybe it's my ignorance too. And I think a lot of listeners are probably ignorant of this as well. I mean, I've mentioned on the show that Joe Lubin consensus was uh, the owners or the funders of decrypt. And I, we know that Jeff Bezos, you know, he owns the Washington post. Elon's oh, yeah. by Twitter. Who, who owns these other crypto news agencies? Well, Coindesk is owned by DCG digital currency group, which is headed up by Barry Silbert. And, you know, Barry's huge in the space. Um, I think in some ways, probably Lubin saw Decrypt as his, you know, response to Silbert owning Coindesk. Uh, DCG, of course, is behind Grayscale and a number of other products. Um, The Block did their own funding, I think, maybe six months ago to to a year ago and also became independent. Um, I'm not sure who was their majority owner before that. Masari is independent. Um, you know, not that they're news, but strong research and stuff. I think of them when I think of, you know, crypto media orgs, um, you know, everyone has to get their money somewhere until they're profitable and can stand up on their own or until they have an exit, sell or go public. So um, now we kind of get a nice runway. So what does this look for the news, the content, the delivery? 
Um, is this going to change anything in Decrypt? Are you guys going to say, hey, you know what? We're going to try some new things. Are you going to do what? What does this mean to yeah. the reporting and every, the reporting that people have been trusting over the years? Yep, good question. Uh, the reporting shouldn't change, won't change. You know, our approach, our editorial vision doesn't change. We are staffing up a little more, which is really exciting with this money. You know, we're trying to hire a few more great journalists. We're still doing our daily news coverage. We have our learn section, which I think people love, where we try to explain the tech. But you're also right that there's cool experimental stuff we're doing on the Web3 side. And this is not new. I mean, we announced a few months ago, but we have PubDAO going on. And, you know, the difficult and exciting and fascinating thing about DAOs is the challenge of scaling them. You know, the whole point is they're decentralized groups. They're not controlled or run by one party. But of course, someone has to create them. They don't just appear out of thin air. So what happens is people start a DAO, launch a DAO, and then they try to progressively decentralize it. And that's what we're doing with PubDAO. We launched it maybe five months ago with a couple other media partners, but it was very much Decrypt that led it and stood it up. Now it's growing quickly. We've got tons of people in there. We've got different pods. There are writers, editors, marketers, uh, DAO reps. So people who are in other prominent and cool DAOs who are in PubDAO and want to talk up their DAO. And the idea is that eventually it's going to progressively decentralize and can be a sort of um, true Web3 talent pipeline. You know, if it really ends up working and succeeding, other publishers and not just crypto news sites could be sourcing stories, illustrations and design, marketing help, news from PubDAO. Uh, and I think that PubDAO's existence and all the different potential there is also what helped with the fundraise. I think a lot of people are excited about that. So that actually that bridges perfectly and maybe answers a little bit about the next question I have when I saw the news release. Uh, you guys are kind of branding yourself or Decrypt's branding itself as Web3 media or Web3 uh, journalism. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? And then when token, everybody keeps asking me in my DMs, <laughs> when token, is that part of the plan going forward? Uh, yeah. So, well, a couple of things there. So I think, you know, when we talk about decentralized media, in some ways, it's just, can we use this tech to improve things? And if you go all the way back, like, you know, my origin story in crypto, I first wrote about Bitcoin in 2011, uh, which makes me ancient. And what appealed to me about crypto was the possibility that it could actually help pay for journalism and digital content online. I mean, so many news sites, they think now the only way to make money is plaster your whole page in banner ads or paywall your entire site, Yep. which, you know, good luck because you better be must read if you're going to do a paywall. And instead I thought, well, you know, if only it's like, hey, here's a big investigative piece at The Guardian today and I want to read it. And I don't want to put in my credit card and subscribe to The Guardian for a year. But what if it was like, you can pay 50 cents right now to read this one article? I would if it was quick, instant, you know, connect your MetaMask. So, you know, there was BAT, basic attention token. They sort of tried doing that, rewarding people for spending time online. It didn't quite pan out. Um, I don't think that's controversial, controversial to say. But I'm still very excited about the ways that tokens and or blockchain could improve the very broken digital media model. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Maybe it'll be decrypt, maybe it'll be pubbed out, but we're looking at different ways to decentralize ourselves. You know, now you do need a token. The token is sort of the 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 economy, right, of of the DAO, the tokenomics. So I don't think it's any secret to suggest that eventually there should and will be a token. It's probably all I can say on that. But of course, in the past, we had our decrypt reader rewards token, which was very cool. And basically, it was very simple. People earned. DCPT, the Decrypt token, for reading our articles on our mobile app.
but it wasn't really a true, you know, token. It wasn't on, you know, on chain. It was like a, just a fun, it was more like reader reward points. We always said that eventually that would convert into a true token, which is still the plan. So natural question. We saw the uh, deed minting from mm. uh, Board Ape Yacht Club and Yuga Labs yep. and the horrible gas fees and all that stuff. Um, when we talk about token, we talk about, hey, paying 50 cents or 25 cents or, you know, a quick, you know, 10 cents to uh, open an article to read it really quick. Something that we really want to see right now, but we don't want to subscribe for a year. That's great. Unless the gas fees are 50 bucks. What's the plan? Uh, you said tokenomics, but what's the plan around that? Is it a different chain that you're going to be looking at? Is it going to be making your own chain? Is it going to be look, just making the tokenomics outside of everything that is existing right now? And I, I know you don't want to spill too many of the beans, but I think naturally everybody's like, yeah, that'd be, that sounds good, but is it really practical? Right, right. Well, you know, I would for now encourage people to think of the token in terms of the DAO and not necessarily in terms of decrypt, you know, and true DAOs, almost all of them have a governance token. Got to have a governance token. That's what fuels the whole thing because you've got to reward people for their work. That's probably, you know, the most I can say on the tech. And I also don't want to say something that's incorrect, but, but I'll also add, you're totally right about Ethereum. And I say this a lot and then ETH people don't want to hear it, but the gas fees at many times have become prohibitively expensive and have made the whole thing unusable. Now, of course, you know, what they also like to say, Joe Lubin says is, well, it's a measure of our success. Like, you know, yeah, the gas fees are high because people are using it because we're the hot chain, fine. And of course, Solana and Avalanche are cheaper because they have much fewer people, fine. But eventually I think it, it, it's, it's clearly gonna be a multi-chain future. I don't really see how anyone can, can be a maxi anymore and say Bitcoin only or Ethereum only. And uh, I'm with you. If you're paying a fee that's nearly close to the price of the thing you're trying to buy, trade or sell, well, that's crazy, right? So something has to improve there. And we should of course be fair to Yuga Labs and note that they ended up refunding people the gas fees for the other deed mint. Well, the, the, just to be clear, the refund of the gas fees for failed transactions. Right, for failed transactions. Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, last question. And I think that if somebody just starts doing numbers, and I, I mean, they're interviewing you, like I'm not part of the team because, you know, these are actual questions that people might have. Um, but if you look at the numbers, you look at the runway. How much runway does Decrypt have? This is something that when people start trusting a product, they are counting on that product to be there. It's kind of like startups. You start using a new phone or using this new thing and they have like a year runway next, you know, they don't get funding and they close down. You're like, why did I even waste my time? How mm. much runway do you have and how long do you think that this is going to continue and how much, how confident are you th with that? So people can invest their time into the crypt. Well, we will continue. I mean, in perpetuity, no one needs to worry about decrypt going anywhere anytime soon. Um, what's nice is, and this is why startups always, you know, periodically raise more money. We have a runway for, I mean, I don't want to commit to a number of years, but in terms of needing to raise again, it'll be a while. And we are also ramping up our revenue efforts. And that might be interesting to your listeners because that includes things like, you know, uh, more live events. We're going to be doing live events all over the country. Uh, we had a terrific small and intimate gathering in Wyoming in March that people raved about. Um, and we called it camp and we'll be doing more of those. We will also be doing more of these dinners and salons where, you know, there's one or two interviews. It's a small gathering, there's drinks, maybe we live stream. 
But these are some of the ways that we make money because you get a sponsor for the events. So be on the lookout for those. The money also allows us to ramp up our video content, which is very exciting. I know you like doing video, Matthew, and you're good at it. We want to do more with um, interactive video, you know, where people can watch live, suggest things, ask questions. We really want the readers who have been so good to us to feel uh, like they have a direct pipeline to the journalists at Decrypt. But um, things are good. We got a lot of inbounds, that's for sure. There's a lot of people who want to be involved in what we're up to. And uh, we will still be here and they're not going anywhere. Love it. Editor-in-Chief Dan Roberts, thanks for coming on the show and talking about this exciting news. And, well, we'll keep making content. Thank you, sir. Good fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, and go to Spotify. Hit that five stars. Boom. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>